are listening to the Jersey Guys Podcast, the show that talks about hard rock, heavy metal, AOR, and West Coast music. In-depth conversation and special guests are always on tap, so settle in and turn it up. Now, here are your hosts, Tom and Mark. Hey everybody, welcome to the Jersey Guys podcast. I'm Mark Ballow and here with my co-host Tom Coyne. And uh, as you see sitting in between us, we've got the return of uh, TJ. What's up uh, guys? Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's always fun when you're here. We get the three uh, three opinions of ours, uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, tonight we're actually going to be doing an episode where we talking are going to talk about Ronnie James Dio, a legendary metal singer. We all know him. And uh, we're going to talk about what his top 20 songs of his career uh, everything he's done, you know, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, Solo, anything else we want to throw in there. Um, Tom, what was your uh, your thought? Because you had talked about doing this a couple months ago. Well, I actually copied this idea from uh, the great Eddie Trunk, who I know had a uh, a, a whole big episode on his uh, Sirius XM uh, station about this. And my uh, girlfriend was telling about me about it, listening to it every day. And it was actually, they were, got to the point that there were name musicians that were calling in with their list. And I, I when I thought about it, I said, it's, it's a really, it's a very novel idea of the king of heavy metal singers, hard rock singers, however you want to categorize it. And to come up with a top 20 is actually pretty difficult. So I ran it by Mark and TJ a number of months ago, uh, tried to get schedules coordinated, and we finally got to a point where we're going to do it. And hopefully it has uh, a little bit of the character that Eddie Trunk show had and uh, maybe more. Maybe more. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, everybody knows Dio, obviously. I mean, like you mentioned, you know, uh, one of the legendary uh, metal singers, of course, um, a guy that started back in, God, was it the 50s he uh, started recording uh, stuff, but doing stuff vastly different from metal, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he came on board with what, Elf in, uh, in the 70s, right? That's how he got discovered by uh, Richie Blackmore. They were yeah. opening for Deep Purple, uh, that last incarnation with Ian Gillen yeah. uh, of Deep Purple. Yeah, and then uh, you know he went on to uh, to form Rainbow, obviously with Blackmore. Uh, did a what three albums with uh, three, three albums, albums. Yeah. three studio albums, a couple uh, of different uh, you know different eras of live albums, live in Europe, and but three studio albums, yes. Yeah, yeah. and then he went on, of course, to, to Black Sabbath, two two albums there in the uh, the early nineteen eighties, pretty legendary stuff. Um, you know, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules, of course. Uh, and then he went on to a solo career, 10, 10, uh, 10 albums of solo material. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, he's, yeah. he's the only artist, I've always said this, he's the only artist that has been in three Hall of Fame hard rock heavy metal band. There's no other artist that could say that. Yeah. He's been in three bands that were in the upper echelon of everything else. And he's... That puts him in a category that doesn't compare with anybody else, in in my opinion. Yeah, and then this year would have been uh, would have been Ronnie's 80th birthday. Um, passed away in 2010. 
uh, May 2010. Yeah. So this year, yeah, it would have been his 80th birthday. Um, so yeah. So he actually, to, I think maybe 81. 81. Yeah. He was born in 42. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good, good time to, yeah. uh, to talk about this, you know, focus on him, you know? Yeah. But uh, what I've, I've done, we've done it in the past, and I, I know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna change it around a little bit. We're gonna I I've gone first when we've done these these lists or discography discussions before. So uh, we're gonna let Tom whenever we start. We're gonna let you go with yours first, right? Yeah, we'll all talk a little bit about Dio, and yeah. then we'll divulge all lists, and hopefully it's uh, moderately interesting to yeah. everybody. <laughs> well, well, TJ, we know you're a big Dio fan. Obviously, you yeah. did uh, a, a um, an episode with us. We yep. did the uh, Dio versus Ozzy uh, Sabbath era, right? Yeah. Um, so, how again? How did you kind of get into uh, to Dio? And I know he's what your favorite singer, probably, right? Or, yes. Or, yeah. For me, he's number one for me. Um, when I was introduced to hard rock, heavy metal, Dio was like the first guy that I really was introduced to. And uh, I think I spoke about it briefly. You know, being introduced to the um, Holy Diver album. Um, was like the first exposure I had to this genre. So it means a lot to me going over this list and talking about Dio and his career and 20 songs to me that I feel like are the most impactful to me. Um, So I'm also a type of guy that's going to say I prefer the Dio era of Black Sabbath over the Ozzy. Slightly, Mm. but that's how I feel. That's fair. And uh, not to disrespect Ozzy, but I love the Dio era, even though it was only two albums. Um, really three, but the two from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for this. I'm really pumped to see uh, what you guys have and uh, I'll let you know what I have as well. Cool. So, Tom, you, you saw Dio when with, with Rainbow? No, I wish no. I could say I did. I didn't, did not. I believe, I think Phil did see them. Oh, okay. Uh, friend of ours. Uh, I Phil, saw Phil DiBenedetto, by the Phil way. Phil DiBenedetto, who doesn't guest. watch our podcast, but I always tell him <laughs> about them. Um. I saw Dio at the Nassau Coliseum with Sabbath in 80. And... So it was Heaven and Hell. Heaven and Hell. Right. It's a good one to start with. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then I saw him on the Last in Line tour. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him, we were talking about this before we went on the the Walk Up the Wolves tour, Mm -hmm. which was at the Ritz, I believe. Yes, with Ingvay. With it was a triple bill of Cold Sweat, Ingve, mm-hmm. and and Dio. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually. I think the first time I actually ever saw Dio was nineteen ninety four. We were talking about this a little bit ago. It was on the uh, what the strange strange highways. Strange story? highways. That would have been yeah, yeah. ninety four at the uh, the Birchill, which is just a stone throw from where we're recording tonight. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not there anymore, but legendary place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are recording in the uh, the bowels of uh, Freehold. New Jersey <laughs> and an underground bunker. Yes, right. that's right. Classified location. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, do you want to you want to do the list? You got other stuff you want to uh, talk about? The uh, yeah, I mean, I'll expound one. a little bit on what the list is from. And to yeah. to me, as a fan, uh, it was based on um, pretty much the three Rainbow albums, although only two of the three albums do I have songs on there from. Uh, this, the first two Black Sabbath albums and the first three Dio albums and mm-hmm. with a one little song that's a bit of a wrinkle. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- to me, that is the real meat and potatoes of Dio. I know there are some people that are dehumanizer fans. I know that people that are big Heaven and Hell fans, which I don't dislike. Uh, I, I do like that album a lot, but I, I really think if, 
you're going to focus on the greatness. It's the the rainbow, uh, the, the three rainbow albums, the first two Sabbath albums, the first two, the first three Dio albums, total of eight albums. Yeah. yeah. Well, t- like TJ, when you we were talking, we kind of shared our list with each other before we started the, tonight. Um, I said, you know, me personally, and I, I can't say I was the biggest, you know, Dio fan. I mean, I, I respect what he was as a vocalist and, and the bands he was in. But, I mean, growing up, I just wasn't into, like, the Sabbaths and the early Rainbows. It was a little bit before my time, you know, and uh, just because of my age. But, I, I, you know, as I go back, obviously, I, I listened to, the, you know, the Rainbow material that Dio was on and everything. But we we talking about, like, and I said on my list, I think it's based on probably, like, almost like a greatest hits of what Dio would be. Right. Not not too much, you know, that's deep track type stuff. Right. How did how do you uh measure up? Do you have like some deep tracks in your uh, list? I there? do towards the end of my list. I mean, okay. if you know, if you take the 20 that I have, the first 10 to like 14 are like kind of greatest hits, you know, okay. stuff that are going to stuff that everybody will probably have on their list. Yeah. And then everything after that, like kind of from 14 to 20 is like some deep tracks. Okay. Yeah. And then Tom, you uh, you did the same thing. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Um, I, I just wanted to say also that, in my opinion, Dio, as great as he was, he did have the benefit of working with Richie Blackmore, Tony Iommi, and a very young Vivian Campbell. Mm, good point. Who yeah. was, in my opinion, still, I mean, always the first one to say, I'll always side with Vivian Campbell with all these arguments about, you know, Dio and Vivian Campbell. Because the proof is in the pudding. When he left the band, they were never the same, mm. my opinion. So he he was a great artist. He had a phenomenal voice, um, but he did have did have the benefit of working with some great great guitar not only guitar players but writers and mm. guys that came up with great riffs and ideas. And so my list really centers around a lot of Vivian Campbell, Tony Iommi. And obviously Richie Blackmore, who's, my opinion, the greatest, all-around all greatest guitar player, musician of all of hard rock and mm-hmm. heavy metal. I think he's, if you had to pick one, if you had to pick a Babe Ruth of yeah. this music, to me, it's Richie Blackmore. So he started off in this music with Richie Blackmore. He segued to Tony Iommi and ended up with Vivian Campbell. So Yeah, that's interesting. It's, my, my list is very heavy on the influx of of those three guys yeah Yeah. an all-star team for sure yeah Yeah. oh yeah 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 so interesting who's gonna start here i want i want you to start you want me to start uh, we've done the elder all right i gotta take my i gotta take my glasses uh, off now so i could read uh i'll have to look at the screen (laughs) we've done these discography discussions in the past and and i think i've always started for whatever reason just because i do the intro but we'll change it up tonight we'll let you start i'm gonna start from we're gonna go 20 to one, so we can build up the excitement for everybody. That's right. All right. Anticipation. I know you don't like that, but you, we got to do it. <laughs> got to change right. it up. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, number 20, King of Rock and Roll. Lead off track on Sacred Heart. Absolutely love it. Um, number 19, Long Live Rock and Roll. Number 18, Hide in a Rainbow which was a song I was playing for Mark and TJ before we went on the air, was a soundtrack song that actually didn't appear on any Dio album. It was on the Iron Eagle soundtrack. Absolutely love it. With the great synthesizers in it and a great hook. 
to me, it was a song that was is could fit in any one of the first three Dio albums. Interesting. Uh, I like that. Yeah. 17 Voodoo from TJ's big favorite album. Uh, next, 16, Straight Through the Heart, which I thought, you know, it's just got such a great hook. Yeah. Um, 15 was Light in the Black, another terrific song that I, I love. 14, Don't Talk to Strangers. 13, Falling Off the Edge of the World. Mm. 12, Neon Nights. 11, Children of the Sea. 10, L.A. Connection. One of my favorite songs. That's a good one, and I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I didn't put that in my Love list, that but that's song. a good one. <laughs> uh, nine, one of the heaviest, most intense songs ever recorded, Sign of the Southern Cross. Mm. Uh, number eight. Rainbow in the Dark. We know what that song all means to the Dio fans. It's true. Uh, number seven, Over and Over, song that I, from Marbroves, that I mm. love. Number six, Heaven and Hell. Number five, Kill the King. Number four, Die Young. Number three, Sacred Heart. Number two, Gates of Babylon, mm. number one, Stargazer. Wow. it's my list. Wow. I need through the paper end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> That's my list, and I'm That's sticking good. to it. I like okay. that. That was good. And, it, I mean, it shows, you know, because obviously, you said you go way back as a fan. You're, what, 64? 63 64 six yeah 163 <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's that's why you asked that. earlier did you you know you get to see rainbow with I, I, I didn't but i, I mean didn't. you, you yeah. were a guy that went to see led zeppelin at the garden yes. in the 70s you saw black yeah. sabbath early yep. on you saw, you saw it you know you saw it all so you, you right. got to see some really classic epic type you know concert so that's it's interesting because i think you're you're a good point of reference for it you know it's important to think too because you you know, you have a different perspective from me and also from Mark. We yeah. all have different right. ways of looking at all the different eras, you know. So totally. it's interesting. Yeah. Good list. Yeah. So do uh, you want to go to sure. you want to? I'll do take yours? it from here. Okay. Uh, so number 20 for me is going to be LA Connection. Uh, number 19 is Tarot Woman. That's from Rising. Uh, 18 is uh, Mystery from Lasted Line. Uh, 17 is Rock and Roll Children from Sacred Heart. Uh, 16, Sacred Heart. I know it's a little high on my list, but you know, I I love this. I love that song, but I know other people go crazy. Rock for and Roll it. Children's a good Rock choice. and Roll Children. Yeah, I, I yeah. was tossing that. That's like a sneaky too. song. I, I, I love I, that, that song. It's not in there for me. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 15 is Starstruck, which interestingly enough, I read the book that you bought me for um, the Ronnie James Dio book, mm-hmm. and in there he talks about how that song was based off of some fan. Some like woman that was stalking yes, the band that would I've follow that them too, to yeah. every mm-hmm. every show and mm-hmm. and would just stalk them and it, mm-hmm. they made a song out of it, kind of like messing around with it. Uh, so fourteen, Children of the Sea, uh, from Heaven and Hell. Uh, Thirteen, Man on the Silver Mountain. So I'm going old school there. Yeah, classic. Uh, Twelve, Kill the King. Uh, Eleven, Sign of the Southern Cross. Ten is going to be Falling Off the Edge of the World. Mm-hmm. Nine. Long Live Rock and Roll. Eight is Last in Line. 
Uh, seven is Country Girl. That's from mm. Mom Rules. Yeah. That's another one that's that another was, one. yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. Great uh, song. Six, Die Young. Five, Rainbow in the Dark. Four is Heaven and Hell. Three is Neon Knights. Two is Holy Diver. And number one for me, Stargazer. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So for me, again, there's a lot of Sabbath stuff in here, mm-hmm. um, especially Heaven and Hell I really honed in on. And then uh, everything from like 14 to 20, like I said, is kind of some deep tracks I threw in there. And then pretty much everything from you know 1 to 10 is like the Hall of Fame stuff when it comes yeah. to Dio, like everything that everyone probably will have on their list some way or, or another, you know? Yeah. So, no, number one, I mean, Stargazer, I mean, every time I listen to it, I'm like mesmerized by that song. It's just eight minutes of, it's, of it's, in my of opinion, perfection. The greatest hard rock song of all, of all time. time. Mm. And if you listen to everything in that song as a fan of music from the 80s, there were so many bands that built off of that. And even bands from like Thin Lizzy in in the later eight, late 70s to mid 80s when they when they broke up Blue Murder really White Snake they all use that format of that song with that Arabian type mm. of scales and that Indian type of vibe and that was stuff that Richie Blackmore was doing you know, I mean, George Harrison did it with the Beatles in the 60s. That was really the introduction of that in, in rock music. But nobody had ever done it playing guitar like that. Yeah. And that was really the introduction of, if you listened, they're all Arabic scales in that yeah. in that solo. And that had never been done in hard rock music before. Mm. And there were so many bands that that, that copied. And I, I, even to a degree, I think Led Zeppelin yeah. really borrowed liberally from that too. It, it's it, in my opinion, it's the greatest hard rock song of all time. If I had to pick one. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Definitely game changing stuff. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. What about a song like country girl? You said that, you know, kind of like you, you said your, your one through 10 was your, your sort of the hall of fame, but like what, what about Tom? What your feelings on a song? like? I, I love that song. And I, I don't think it made my list. Yeah. Right. I don't think it did. Yeah, it's not on mine. Yeah, it, it's it, you know what I when I was doing this, I was trying to diversify it a little bit. I didn't mm-hmm. want to go too top heavy yeah. on certain albums. And uh, Marb Rules is an album that I real and I've you know I've had this discussion with TJ many times. In my opinion, I think cover to cover, it's it's a it's a little a little bit better than its predecessor. And much people you know think that album is untouchable. Mm. Um, it's just a, a great album. I didn't want to pick too many songs off that album, but yeah. you know, I could have pulled a, a lot of songs off of that and, and put Country Girl in that. Yeah. yeah. How well, come uh, Man on the Silver Mountain didn't make it for you? You know, I'm not a huge fan of that first Rainbow album. Mm-hmm. I, it, 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 when you go back and you listen to the two albums after it, it was like Rainbow at its infancy. You know, when the album came out, I liked it. And then when you saw Rising and Long Live Rock and Roll. It's overshadowed. It, it, yeah, it kind of yeah. paled in comparison, I thought. You know, it, yeah. it was, it, it, you could see it had great, great cover. The I love the artwork the castle, on the cover. Yeah. Uh, and, and you you know, I remember buying that album and just, you kind of knew Richie Blackmore was going off into mm-hmm. another dimension. You know, you heard the Dio vocal, just saw that artwork. 
you heard green sleeves on there and you kind of knew that there was like great stuff coming but i didn't think that was a great album i thought that was a good album for what it was a guy that broke from deep purple which at the time was the the pinnacle hard rock band yeah, probably one of in the, the biggest world. bands in the world they yeah. were yeah. they were the biggest hard rock band at the time i mean they headlined the california jam yeah so uh you knew what was coming but i that album to me is good but the two after it, you know, to this day are just legendary. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But um, you want me to just do my list now? Yeah, no. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're right. chomping at the bit. <laughs> well, I think start right off the bat, I'll, I'll start with number 20. And I'm going to get like hate mail or people call me an asshole. or you know, <laughs> But, but I, I, my number 20 Dio song is Children of the Sea. And I mean, obviously, it's a classic song, Sabbath, you know, it's but for me, when I was doing this list, it, it ended up being at the bottom because to me, it's just as classic as it is. It's a little, little plotting for me. I don't know if that you know. Yeah, it's it's makes kind sense. of it's kind of got almost the, the the hooks and everything are kind of like almost like early Ozzy type of Sabbath. Mm, yes, it's got a lot of bum 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 like that kind yeah. of like you know plotting early yeah. sabbath sound to it yeah yeah i i, I get that yeah, yeah. so yeah. for me i guess it just when i was thinking of dio's vo- dio's vocals you know i i don't that song just didn't work that well for me for whatever reason but uh that's number 20 uh number 19 i'm gonna go with wishing well um from the heaven and hell that's album. a deep track from that album most it people is. overlooked and that's a good yeah. song most I, people overlooked that song yeah, yeah. and I, I love that i know song. phil I mean, likes that song a as lot. i went back and listened to the albums and when i was making this list up i was like that's got to be in there somewhere you yeah. know and I, I just love the song so that's number 19 uh number 18 i'm gonna go with last in line uh number 17 is um rock and roll children uh number 16 is holy diver uh number 15 is starstruck and that's where I, I kind of like, I had a run on on songs that were very super catchy. Mm. And oh, that like, song is really know, catchy. Yeah. Definition of catchy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's, yeah. I, I you know, and you're going to see it as I go a couple more into the list here. It, it's these catchy. De- that didn't even me. make my list, that song. You know, and that's me, though, because I'm, I'm a guy that's, I know we said I'm like. No, you 80s, like commercial hard rock. Yeah, yeah, I'm an 80s child. So I grew up in that, you know, that arena rock thing. So for me, a good catchy song mm-hmm. is like, you know. Absolutely. So that's why I got that. So yeah, so Star Trek, Starstruck at number fifteen. Uh, number fourteen, I'm gonna go with Sunset Superman. Uh, number thirteen. Is- I, I wanted to comment yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told you, I thought that was a great choice. There were a couple of songs off of that album that I really wanted to put in here, but it was just hard for me to shave. But I'm a big fan of dream evil i thought it was dio's even though that was the first album without vivian campbell i thought that was a terrific album not as good as the first three but a terrific album and that's a song that i i like a lot off that album there were a couple of them that were great i'm glad i I built a little credibility i guess back from you know yeah no no starting with your list is very good i have no no issues with you i think you have a a very good list (laughs) we both have starstruck at 15 actually oh interesting look at that um, okay, so I was at that was Sunset Superman. So then I go to number thirteen. I'm gonna go to Mystery. And again, you talk about a that's a very commercial song commercial. too. Yeah, yeah. I love yep. that stuff. You know, good deep track. Um, yeah, and then uh, number twelve is Turn Up the Night. That's a great song. I just love the the. That's the, a, the, the, see, it's the, another the, the song that I could have very easily. That song, I just love it. Easily put that on my list, and I was like, like, what do I take? That's a great song off of Marb Rules. Yeah, so I, I had to put that in there. Uh, number eleven is Die Young. 
from Sabbath, of course. Killer. Great. Uh, number 10, going with Man on a Silver Mountain. There we go. Uh, so I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you. Uh, number nine. So now we're going into the, the top 10 here. Number nine is We Rock from Dio. Uh, number eight, Hungry for Heaven. Again, that's mm, a good song. Super too. catchy song, right? Very good choice. Just anything you know? That's like awesome. Another that, song that I could. If it was twenty five, that would be in my yeah, 20. definitely. Okay. Yeah. Great songs, song. It'd be in great song. Okay. Yeah, so I got that. Well, for great album. Yeah, uh, that's number eight. Then number seven is Kill the King. Um, again, just a classic. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that was my five. Yeah, so that the Kill awesome. the King. Uh, number six, Long Live Rock and Roll. Just a classic, you know, yep. rainbow song. Number five, Stargazer. Again, we talked about that epic, mm-hmm. just epic, yep. epic track. You know, no no other words needed for that. Um, then number four, Neon Nights from Black Sabbath. Uh, number three, Rainbow in the Dark. Uh, I love the stabbing keyboards yes. that open yeah. that. Right. That's just, uh, and I, I'm a big and guy. And did you see the that. documentary yet? I did not. Yeah, they, when you see it, they'll talk about how that came about. Jimmy Bain. It was like accidental. It was, it was accidental. Just, yeah, he was messing yep. around. He's like, yep. wait, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Let's do yeah. it again. Yeah, it's really, it's yeah. really very interesting. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because I'm a it guy. It wasn't supposed to be that. in the song. Really? Yeah. No. yeah oh, wow. It's not. Because I, I love the, that, you know, the stabbing oh, keyboards with that. I mean, I think that's the biggest it. thing me and you share as yes, fans. We definitely. both love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that's that. Um, where was that? It was number three, right? Uh, Rainbow in the Dark. Number two is Mob Rules from Sabbath. And number one, uh, Heaven and Hell. To me, it's just, I, I, to me, I can't get anything better than Heaven and Hell. Yeah, for, respect that. You know. I, and I, again, I'm not a guy that grew up on Sabbath, but that song, it, another just epic track, great, great track. So that's. I think my, you have a terrific that's list. An awesome I, I was I was very impressed with your list. I think the if I had to pick one song that I would say I was totally disagree with mm. on your list would be Mob Rules. Okay. I never liked that song. Really? Yeah, I never liked that song. Yeah. Kind of like me with Children of the, of the Sea. You know, right. It's like right. Same right. feeling for whatever reason, right. yeah. it just didn't click with you. Yeah. But for I, a guy that's not like a a, a a Dio Sabbath nut, yeah. I think it was a very good list. I oh, had a couple of you. very cool deep tracks in it. Our lists are very similar. Yeah. Mine, yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More yeah. similar yeah. than you're, yeah. you're on your own yeah. island over there a little bit right. with well, some well. stuff. We're <laughs> we're close with some stuff. Yeah. Me and Mark. Yeah. Well, how about let's let's talk about this because I actually have a couple on my list and we're gonna talk about it, but. We talked about this before we started. Do we have like honorable mentions? Does anybody want to throw in? You have something, Tom, that you had? I, I didn't put on. The only reason I didn't is because, and I, I and I was actually doing that. Once I started with that, it just, it, it kind of rolled into two, ran into five, mm-hmm. ran into 10. Yeah. Like, how do I put this and not put that? And then I, I was even telling TJ, I had to, I just cut it because it, it was, it was impossible for me to do once I opened that vault of, Adding extra songs, so I just left it with the twenty. Okay, TJ, did you have uh, honorable mentions? So I got two. Uh, right. One is "Hiding the Rainbow," which we mentioned earlier. Which I honestly forgot about that song, and then my dad put it on, and I was like, "Actually, I'm gonna throw it in honorable <laughs> mention." And the second is "Run with the Wolf" Ooh. from Rainbow Rising. That is wow. a good song. Wow. Yeah. And it was originally in my twenty, and I gave it the boot for LA Connection. Really? So I was like, eh, I have to mention it. I love the lyrics. Yeah, so, so good, and. I think it's a great song. So that's a really honorable that's mention. That's a good yeah, those, yeah, those, those, a those are a couple like of good that. honorable mentions. That's good. Uh, yeah. And well, I know I, I know you got a few tricks up your sleeve. Well, no, I, I, I did I did a couple honorable mentions too. And like you said, I you're trying to narrow it down to twenty and, and there was a few I had at the bottom that kind of went in and out as I was doing the list and putting you in in order. But I have two, just like TJ, and my two honorable mentions are gonna be uh Lady Evil from Black Sabbath. Um a song I I mean maybe not it was it was originally in my list, 
on the at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then it kind of fell out. And I put "Wishing Well" in, and so I, I went back and forth. But the I don't bass know. Is so good. That's a great song, and oddly enough, it's not in my awesome. it's it's not in my list. Yeah, I mean, that that is a terrific song. Yeah. yeah. And then my other last honorable mention is it's a track and and I, I we didn't talk about this we did talk about it before we started recording. Uh, Dio is not a guy we we've had guests Tom like Mark Bowles and Rob Rock and these are vocalists who are you know great classic metal type vocalists but they these are guys that have been on a million albums right they've been on guesting on albums groups that they've been in over the years uh, different guitar players Ingve and this and that. And but Dio's not a guy like that. I mean, Dio was, you know, he's he's a legend, right? So he wasn't a guy that had to like go and guest on albums and stuff. But he did do a few in his career. And one of the my honorable mentions was he sang on Kerry Livgren, uh, did an album called The Mask of the Great Deceiver. And uh, or I'm sorry, Seeds of Change was the album. That was the name of the, the album. Album, but the uh, 1980 it came out. But the song was The Mask of the Great Deceiver. And I when I came upon this song. I, I, I was going to be an honorable mention. It wouldn't make my top 20, but I just love the the Keith Emerson. Oh, that's a, it's, a, it's a terrific song. Yeah. Synthesizers yeah. and that sound, you know, and I, I was like, to hear Dio's vocals with that type of keyboard, mm-hmm. you know, uh, around it, it wasn't like anything else I, I think that he ever did. So I, I had yeah, and that's pretty old. What, what did that was recorded like in 80? 80, right. Yeah. yeah. So it was like even before Dio got his own band off the oh, ground. Yeah. yeah. It was, Sabbath. Joined Sabbath, it was yeah. right around the beginnings of Black Sabbath yeah. that that Kerry Living got him to sing. There was two songs or three songs. I think, uh, was I think two, he right? sang on two. I think two, two or three. Yeah, so I think, I think it, was it was two songs on that album. Yeah, and he also did. Um, Dio was part of that the the Roger Glover right the the Butterfly Bowl yes. in the seventies early seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah, he lent his vocals songs, to that too. A couple on, on that, but yeah, that's. A, I mean, and then we were gonna we talked about this when we were, you know, before we started recording, but you said, talk about the song Stars, right? Yeah, you know, I was actually, I was thinking of putting that on my my list, which was the old star. That was 85 uh, or 86. Yeah, that was, when was The that? Benefit was, um, album song. I don't know if I have that on here. Yeah, that around 80, 86. Yeah, great song like that, that yeah. he he wrote, but he had, you know, Jeff Tate, Dawkin, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Halford, yeah. Well, I think that was based on. I was reading a story like he. It was him and Jimmy Bain and Vivian Campbell, right? Kind of like started yes. the project. And right. They they. It's in the documentary also. They, they talk, talk about, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was interesting. So I mean, that's a classic song. But I mean, what do you sing like a line or two? Or that, that's and, and the thing. I mean, it was his song so. and everything, but he only sang a couple of lines in it because he literally had like. 30 right. different singers on every guy. I, I mean, this this was recorded like in 85, 86, the epitome of this stuff. Oh, yeah. So he had, you know, and in the documentary, you could see him yelling at Don Dockin to push him more. And did the same thing with Halford too. He was yelling at Halford, yeah. you could do better. Really? And, you know, like Dio already was at that point where, you know, he was even for guys that were like Halford before him in, t- in terms of, for right. Mm. Um, but I just felt like his vocal, you know, he, he only lended a couple yeah. of actual lines to it. So to put it in the, no, the yeah, top 20 was, it, it, there's no reason for it. There are so many great songs that Mark and TJ had that I couldn't even put on my list. I, I wouldn't put something yeah. like that, but it was a great song. The song itself is right. phenomenal. Oh yeah. And that's the guitar solo. Ah, oh, it's stuff. a great it's, song. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's what made that whole thing so good. It wasn't like a cheesy Put together song. Yeah. It was such a 
good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of mention that, you know, if you're talking about Theo, because that was kind of his baby in a way. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so, but, I mean, yeah, sadly, I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, Theo passed away. It's going to be, what, we said 13 years, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, 13. It's crazy to think 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I remember the day I heard it, the news, you know, and it's one of them things. You always remember where you were type of thing, you know, and you just total shock didn't expect it you know he kind of kept things quiet right with the stomach cancers he did and he you know fought valiantly and actually came back and again in the documentary shows him at the heavy metal awards and he took an award and he looked better and everybody thought he was better and they had a a huge lapse of whatever his his issues were and and he died i think the saddest thing about it is that we, we as fans know there'll never be another you know, and like as as the years go by, I think there's such a, a a lapse of the next great stars. There's a lot of bands out there, but as guys get older, guys pass away. We look at a guy like Dio, and it's it's sad, obviously, that he's he's gone. But yeah. it's it's sad also that you know they'll they'll never, be, at least in all, even in my son's lifetime, I don't think we'll ever see a guy of that magnitude in the hard rock, heavy metal vein. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about these guys, you know, I mean, whether it's, you know, an Ian Gillen or, you know, Rob Halford or Bruce Dickinson even. But, I mean, yeah, all these guys, right? I mean, their their time is is kind of limited now. We don't know how long these guys are going to keep going. I mean, Deep Purple just came around and played in Jersey a a month or two ago. and But you don't know. I mean, mean, they've been on this farewell tour for how long now, you know, and – and other guys, you know, are just out of the game totally already. So it's it's a shame, you know. I mean, as as metal fans and and hard rock fans, it's like we're we're starting to lose all our uh, yeah. And our I, I I would yeah. say another guy we could put in that category is Biff Byford from um, mm. from Saxon, Saxon too, who's still operating on a pretty high level. Yeah. Um, and has you know a tremendous amount of you know credibility for four and a half decades, but don't really see. You know the the replacements for these guys, right? And yeah. it's uh, you know it's a little unnerving because there are a lot of bands out there, and there are some very good bands out there, but these type of personalities, um, you don't really see any replacements for them. That's almost as sad as the fact that these guys aren't alive anymore. To me, as yeah. a fan, yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, to me, Dio is someone who. He's so distinctive looking too. He's like, you know, oh, yeah. he's a little guy. A little right? guy. The, the, yeah. The, you, know, you know, the funny but, thing with Dio back in the day, like when there wasn't like all this media, there were a lot of people that were shocked to see what he looked like. I, yeah. I, I remember experiencing really? that with people because pe- unless you saw him, people envisioned something that wasn't him. Well, the guy with his big, right. larger-than-life voice. Right, like right. and that was a, like, a, a like a running gag back in the day. Like, did, do you know what he looks like? You know, like he's this big and, yeah. you know, he's like not a very intimidating-looking right. guy. Because when you listen to the voice, Vocally, right, right. you thought yeah. like it was like, like some like bodybuilder guy yeah. or something. <laughs> you know, like, like a Kane Roberts or somebody, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was – that kind of like made him even bigger than what he was because right. he had this little diminutive – He's yeah. in a band. Yeah, he like, Everybody's he was like, like an so elf. much bigger than right. him. Right. That's why the band was called Elf because yeah. that's what he was. Yeah. He was like a little elf with right. this this incredible voice yeah. and yeah. persona. He you had know, such the cover of the album. Right. Of pointy ears. He yeah. had so, such yeah. great <laughs> stage presence and you know iconic moves on the stage and 
You also, know, a great person off the stage too. We saw in the documentary yes. some of the things he did yes. on and off the oh, stage, yeah. giving yeah. back to the community. I'm mean, almost to the point of being psychotic with his fans. Like, he oh, yeah. never totally, yeah, you know, never gave like, up on the fans. I got news for you: if he was still alive, we'd have him on this yeah, podcast. Probably, come right? on. yeah, he probably come, would. Yeah, he would no, come he on and probably guy, right. talk to us for two hours. I mean, there's been stories about him now, you know, on hanging out at the tour bus for hours, right. signing autographs right. and, yeah. and stuff for fans. He was that type of yeah. guy, you know. He wouldn't. Wouldn't leave you, you know, if someone wanted to yeah. meet him or, or whatever, get a picture, an autograph, he, he, would, he would do, do it. it. Yeah. My biggest issue with Ronnie, if I ever had anything to do, is I, I think he should have brought Vivian Campbell in, you know, f- whatever the financial cut, because mm. in, in retrospect, he was never the same without Vivian Campbell. So yeah. when all this arguing and, you know, stuff you see in the documentary, you know, it was it was Ronnie's band and everything. He did have a real special guitar player, yeah. and um, you know, whatever whatever went on behind the scenes, whoever side you want to pick. All I know is he was never the same after Vivian Campbell left. So, yeah. no, no, beginning of the end for sure. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, it was. He no, milked, he shame, milked out man. one good album right after he left, and I'm guessing some of that was you know that stuff may have been written before or after, but. If you look from Dream Evil going forward, as mm. yeah, there was really not that all that much there yeah. going yeah. forward. And we had you mentioned uh, he had well, Craig Goldie, right? Was right after his yeah, end, right. For and Go- Goldie only got that gig because he they knew him from he was in the early incarnation of Rough Cut. Oh, okay. Who was under uh, his wife's Wendy's label? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's how they got Craig Goldie because okay. Greg Goldie was not a good fit for that band. Okay. He's a guy that I actually like. I mean, we know him from Jafria yeah. and other projects, but he's a totally different guitar player than than Vivian Campbell was. He didn't have the fire. He didn't have the uh, stage presence, mm. and it was a it was a tough gig for him to fill. Yeah. But they they did milk out a good album with Dream Evil with with Craig, yeah. and and nothing against him. I happen to like him, but it was just a it was a real tough thing for him to fill. Yeah. And he should have he really should have cut. Vivian in in my opinion for whatever it's worth yeah because it was after he was gone it was really well what do you I mean he went you saw him you said in with uh, I saw him in 89 and that, the last time that was with Rowan Robertson Rowan Robertson the young, the young kid he had yes who was I think like 17 18 years 17, old 18 at the time, at the time. that time. was like a big yeah. weird thing at the time that he discovered his wow. feet because that was the next thing like the the craig goldie did the tour that did that big tour with them yeah. and then it was dio discovered this phenom guitar player mm-hmm. who actually wasn't wasn't all that good compared to the guys that were around at that time yeah uh that was the first thing a lot of people were kind of disappointed in his guitar playing not that he was bad but you know, there were a lot of guys better at that time. And the album was, yeah, it was, you've heard that album, right? Lock oh, yeah. Up the Wolves. Oh, Lock of the Wolves, yeah. 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 It's yeah. it's got its moments, but, you know, he blew up the lineup. Yeah. You know, Bane was gone. Right. Vinny Apice was gone. Claude Schnell was gone. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, and I mean, again, I saw them and it was, yeah, it was, it, it was kind of over almost. Mm. I just got the feeling like good. it was over. Title track was good. Yeah, Lock up the wolves. Yeah, and then he went on to uh, he had uh, we talked about this earlier. Tracy G as a guitar player for a little while there, and a few albums. And those we we didn't, you know, I don't think any of us. He really- he couldn't find magic again. And again, this goes back to the, the Vivian Campbell. He cut through a lot of guitar plays. He had Doug Aldrich right yeah. for a while, who's you know 
great. I love Doug. Yeah. He's been in a million great things, obviously. Um, but he was a high, kind of a hired oh, yeah. gun. Totally he was playing, at that point. Yeah. yeah, you know, he was playing all the the classic stuff of Dio. He never really recorded anything with Dio that was right. memorable. And um, yeah, he was, he was just kind of chasing his own ghost of trying to find the magic of that band. And that band was magic, man. I put out three of the greatest albums of all time, in my yeah. opinion. And then he, of course, you know, he went out back to, got back with uh, after, you know, being in Sabbath. And, and then he went back to then created the Heaven and Hell thing with Iomi and, and Gazer, right? right? Yeah. And that was uh, shortly before he passed, you know, a few years before. Yeah, it was. In fact, yeah. he was, again, in the documentary I talk about, he was, uh, he hadn't spoken about, his illness, but they already knew that there was something off with him. Mm. And um, I like that stuff. I don't think it's great over the course of listening to it over the years. I up it a little bit more than I did at the time. But that was the tail end of him, you know, before he got really sick and couldn't play anymore. Right. Yeah. Did you you ever listen to that, any of that later period stuff? Very little. I was, Yeah. yeah, I've been slowly bringing him into yeah. it at, at this point you know it's it, it's kind of plotting like bible black that's you know was a song feel, that was the song that kind of you know stuck it bible black kind of had that sound of like uh heaven and hell you know uh, a lot of the songs are very plotting that, yeah mm-hmm. yes that's it, right. it was that you know i i don't think i didn't think that album was as great as some people the tour was really good but the album I thought was okay. It had a couple of good songs on it. I didn't think the writing was was great on it. I don't think they really recaptured the the writing magic. But they were pretty damn good live, though. Yeah, they really were. Their well, age but, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they came really, out at the gate with uh, with a live album first. Right? Yes, As that, and then then did the studio album right. after that. Right. right, they were they were real good live. I mean, Geezer and Tony and and Vinny were were tremendous. And Dio was Dio wasn't you know wasn't nineteen eighty two Dio but he was still damn good for a guy that was in his latest sixties yeah. battling illnesses he was still still really good well yeah I mean talk about I mean here's a guy that never you know you talk about nowadays you, you, some of the singers that you know they've lost it a little bit or they you know don't sound like they did back then but I, I think like Dio always kept high quality yeah. you know right up till the end he never really lost it you know. Um, oh no! They speak I mean, about that in the documentary yeah. too. Yeah, he never really yeah. fell off the the trail. No his voice. And I don't think he was a guy. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think he was a guy who was like a a trained type of singer, right? It was just a natural thing for him. Yes, like yeah. it wasn't. You know. Yeah. In fact, if you read some things that I've read over the years, different bands that opened for Black Sabbath, they said he did very little vocal prep before really? he went on stage. Yeah, yeah. So kind of went awesome. on stage like. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I've read that, but bands that talked about, like, you know, when they opened for him on tours, that he did very little vocal prep. Yeah. So even more so right there. It's like the legend of, yep. you know, that he was, you know, that's, he didn't nearly Iconic. have to even, you know, yeah. no practice. No, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he probably yeah. was just like naturally. No, know? he was a one off. I'm not really expecting another one of him, but I, I'd like to see guys that, you know, could maybe could the singer in, in Greta Van Fleet. You mm-hmm. know, I know that's maybe a guy that, but they haven't really elevated to that level yet. Yeah. It remains to be seen. Yeah. 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 So, 
But um, I think, yeah, that was our, our episode. Hope you guys like this. So we, we've never done anything like this before. We've done discography discussions, and uh, but we haven't taken an, an artist and did like a top 20 song thing. You know, I, I know, like Tom said earlier, Eddie Trunk has done this with various uh, music or mm-hmm. bands and, and artists and stuff over the years uh, on his XM show or on a satellite show. But uh, yeah, I mean, this was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting for me to put my list together and, uh, you know, I'm sure you both, you guys, same thing. Yeah. Well, it's coming from three different perspectives, which is, uh, which is interesting. Not a lot of redundance in, in terms of, uh, you know, ideology and how you came together with your list. So it's, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look to try and do it again. Uh, you know, we talked about, we threw some other bands. We won't talk about them quite yet, but we threw some other bands out earlier, what we might want to do in the future. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, if you guys enjoy this one. And, and again, we always do. We'll post our, our, our lists like we always do yep. on our Facebook page and uh, have you guys join in, you know, let us know what you think, what you, you know, give us your top whatever, 20, top 10, top whatever, top five, you know, and uh, discuss it, you know. That's what we like to do. That's why we do these type of episodes, you know. We'd like to hear feedback. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was our episode. I think this would be number 52? 52. 52. Yeah. 50s. Rocking and rolling. Get, yeah. Getting towards 100. You oh, know, yeah. We're on that other Big side 100. of it. More know? good guests coming, too. Right. Yes, we have some in the, some stuff in the pipeline. So, uh, yeah. So that was this episode, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you soon with a new one. All right. All right. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.